A rock hit that became a karaoke staple. A synth-heavy concert opener turned cliché soundtrack selection. And a classical composition that found new life as the unconventional anthem of the 90s. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school, Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. All right, folks, another Themes and Variation. we got a fun little episode for you today as we are talking songs you've heard too many times. These might be songs that you love and maybe they've just been overplayed for you in your life. They might be songs you don't like so much and you just can't bear hearing them anymore. But whatever our reasons, our panel has three tracks that we've just heard too many times. And joining me for this deep dive into some overdone tunes is, of course, my frequent co-host, Mahaya Lee, and pinch hitting in what I will call a third co-host for this episode, the one and only producer, composer, and our co-worker here at Soundfly, Mr. Martin Fowler. And of course, speaking of Soundfly, you already know the deal, right? You got to head to soundfly.com if you're a musician, you're trying to learn anything in the world of music. A huge thank you to everybody that has checked out and sent along very kind words for our brand new course with Calm Trues, Calm Trues, Mid-Fi, Synthwave, Slow Motion, Funk. We've got lots of incredible feature courses with artists like Kimbra, RJD2, Kiefer, Jalen, and of course the aforementioned Calm Trues. And we've got some incredible new courses coming out very, very soon. So head to soundfly.com, use that discount code THEMES to take 20% off a monthly or annual subscription. And finally, folks, if you're enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to get in touch, maybe you've got some theme suggestions, some comments, or anything for the show, drop us a line at podcast at soundfly.com. So without further ado, let's get into the episode, Songs You've Heard Too Many Times. All right, folks, another themes and variation coming at you. Joining me, we got a team episode today. We've got... Mahaley, Mahaya, how are you doing? I'm doing super well, Carter. Et toi? It's awesome. I'm doing great. We're also joined by the one and only Marty Fowler. Marty, how you doing? Hey, y'all. I am doing great. Thank you for having me again. Thank great you for joining this episode. Um, we got a fun one today as we're talking about songs you've heard too many times. Um, yeah, I was worried about getting a, a little bit snarky on this one. I think that's totally fine, sure. though, if we do as well. But like... <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, I know what you picked. Knowing what you picked, were there any songs that you considered for this episode that you've just heard too many times? Yeah, I was afraid of the snark thing too. And I was also afraid that we'd all go in like the exact same direction, which no offense, but you two kind of did. Uh, <laughs> none, none taken. None taken um, at all. So, so no, I did like search for songs like... Are there any songs that were meant to be demos that then got out? Because then, you know, like you've heard it too many times if you've heard it at all kind of thing but the internet didn't help me very much with that so so yeah i mean that was a long way to say no cool <laughs> <laughs> Mardano, you, you had a few and like and on short notice you came up with like a bunch of options which was sick but i mean uh, this like like most topics this one this one blew up my brain a little bit it <laughs> sent it in so many different directions um you know the the 
I, I went with the what I think is going to end up being, we'll all agree, is the classic direction. But mm-hmm. uh, I also thought about like, oh, what what's the song I listened to 500 times in high school mm. yeah. that I probably shouldn't ever listen to again? <laughs> but when I really think about that, I'm not sure that I've heard those songs too many times. I think mm-hmm. I would... And actually, it sent me down a rabbit hole to um, the Postal Service, oh, the yeah. record from recently. 2003. Yeah. I drove back from the city. I'm about an hour and a half away. And I listened to the entire Postal Service record again last night. And I, nice. I was not mad. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't heard this too many times. Yeah, it's good. I could yeah, hear I this think, again. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> those, you're always going to have, like, even if you don't listen to it for a long time, you're always going to feel good when you listen to those again. Like, you know, yeah. you have those good memories probably of your youth and childhood. You know, when you're 70 years old, you'll be able to listen to that record. And it won't be too many times because it'll bring back great memories. But you had one that you almost picked that was the meme song of all meme songs. Um, yeah, the never one gonna n- give you none up, of us, of course, ever but... have to hear again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Marty, there were some other gems in there that you almost went with. What uh, what were they? Yeah, uh, related 80s gems like Eye of the Tiger yep. and uh, Jump by Van Halen. Although I think mm. really that's the song that my bandmates have heard too many times. I used to tour <laughs> in a rock band and annoy the hell out of them. by <laughs> I, I would be one of the first people awake. And I'd be like, all right, everyone, it's time to get up and get on the road again. And I would play jump at the loudest possible volume. (laughs) And I would jump on all of everyone's beds. We were all sharing hotel rooms in that tour. So I'd be like, and I'm like air drumming and doing all that. So, so sharing one room, me. you weren't going from room to room with like jump on your phone That'd or something. Did you have it on like, if, yeah. Was... If we could have afforded at that time multiple hotel rooms, I'm <laughs> sure I would have been running down the hall blasting jump. But uh, as it was, they made it simple for me. We were all together as a family. Nice. Banned from so. holiday inns across the country. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? I just remembered. Sick. I did consider a couple other songs from my accompanist days just because I realized I've heard like countless children and senior citizens sing Moon River and Blue Skies. Blue skies smiling at me Nothing but blue skies do I see Blue birds But I couldn't bring myself to listen to either one of them after that. <laughs> anyway, sorry not to change the subject. That was so egocentric of me, but that just No, 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 no. There. That's good. Yeah. That, that also... I also had that thought. I almost picked Girl from Ipanema, mm-hmm. but then I mm-hmm. I put that classic recording on and I was like, this sounds amazing. Really like good. the yep. vocal tone, like the horn, the the uh, Stan Getz sax solo is just like yep. smooth and like warm and has some real tight lines in it at the same time. It's like, it's just a really good recording, even though I never want to play that yeah. song again. She looks straight ahead, not at he.
you guys a question that's a little embarrassing that I even have to ask having a degree from a jazz school. So yes, <laughs> someone told me that the reason that Joe Beam, like or Bossa Nova in general, I guess sounds the way it does is because Joe Beam didn't want to wake his neighbors up. That, that can't be real, right? <laughs> this is the first like, time I'm that hearing can't be of that. Real. That has yeah. to just be like a straight-faced I mean, joke. Somebody, a teacher said it though. That sounds like a like a joke that uh, the whole class yeah. fell for, and I just still wink, yeah. wink nudge, nudge. <laughs> okay, yeah. just check it. That sounds just like my kind of opinion. teacher too. That that like incepted a joke yeah. into their students, and now they they've lived with that. You do have a few of these though, where people played jokes on you back in the day, and now they've like it's it's, like it's only authority later, figures. I'm not like gullible it. unless it's like my dad or my favorite <laughs> professor or Carter. <laughs> But yeah, there's a turbo button on the van, Mejia, for no, sure. There's definitely a turbo uh, button. It was a it was a Volkswagen Beetle. If a car's gonna have a turbo button, it would be a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, right. um, so the yeah. last the last category of, of song that I considered that I wanted to address, because I think it's important Please. here, is holiday music. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. Does yeah. as a category, I feel like I've heard it too many times. There's like forty songs, yep. all of which I've heard too many times, you know? Yeah, yeah. It be uh, it being in May. I'm glad you didn't go with any, any <laughs> holiday music because it, yeah, it's it's true. It's <laughs> tough. Like when November rolls around, yeah. I'm still happy to hear that stuff come up though. Like the Harry Connick Jr. version of that song, Mariah Carey. Yep. I didn't know she was a writer on that song. By the way, I could listen to mm. that song at any point. But yeah, <laughs> sure. I have heard it too many times, probably. Well. Speaking of listening to songs, this is a, the most <laughs> on-the-nose segue ever, but let's listen to some music. Here we go. So this is uh, my selection. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world he took the midnight train going anywhere. If you don't know what we're listening to, get out of here. Get off the podcast. Go go listen to Don't Stop Go back Believing. to TikTok, you youngins. Yeah, from, which is probably, this song is going to absolutely be, be on t- at some point. Um, don't Stop Believing from Journey. Um, yeah, I, I really like this song. <laughs> like, I... And we'll get into that, I think, a little bit. I've heard it way too many times, though, of course. I could probably go the rest of my life without hearing it and be fine. Just some quick, you know, biographical information about the song. Um, Jonathan Cain, the keyboardist from Journey, came up with the song's title and hook. Uh, it stemmed from something his father frequently told him when he was a struggling musician living in Los Angeles. Um, Kane was unsuccessful and ready to give up. And each time he would call home in despair, his father would tell him, don't stop believing or you're done, dude. And that's really kind of nice advice. It's fantastic. Just don't stop believing or you're done, man. Um, and he turned that into one of the, the, you know, biggest songs of all time, like without a doubt. Um, are you guys familiar with Arnell Pineda and, uh, that, uh, era of journey? I'm not. So he's Journey's current singer. He joined the band in, oh, I believe, right. around like 2000. Uh, it's coming back yeah. to me now. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So 2008 or 2009, um, Steve Perry left originally in 87. Then I think he came back. There's another singer in the mix. And and then Perry left again in, I think, like 
07 or something like i don't know there's there's quite a maybe even earlier than that steve perry like <laughs> in and out of this band far more than i realized but arnell pineda was discovered by uh the band's guitarist neil sean just on youtube they were looking for singers and and neil sean said something like i can't remember that he's like screw it i'm gonna go on youtube and and he was just searching <laughs> journey covers and found uh, arnell um in, in the Philippines, I believe. Yeah, I believe he's, 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 he's from the Philippines. Yeah. And just this incredible voice that sounded so much like Steve Barry. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took to midnight train going anywhere Just a Uh, and they flew him over for a formal audition, and the rest is history. He's now in Journey. He's been in Journey for over a decade. Um, have you guys seen the movie? I mean, hey, I know you have, but Marty, have you seen the movie Rockstar starring Mark Wahlberg? Oh, no. <laughs> so there's oh, a fictional Marty. fictional band, I think, called like Steel Dragon, I think. Yeah. Um, and Mark Wahlberg's in a cover band in like the Pittsburgh area. And he's like, all they do is Steel Dragon covers. And like, he's so like <laughs> hardcore about it. Like, like if, hair metal. If, cover yeah. And if the guitarist like strays away from from playing it the way that they would play it, he like yells at him on stage. Incredibly terrible, but fun watch of a movie. Yeah. I think How This Get Made did rock. They definitely did rock star. Um, yeah. So he, this is basically what happens. Like their lead singer quits. And then Mark Wahlberg becomes the lead singer of the band that he was he was uh, originally covering. Oh my god! Um, it's and like <laughs> it's an incredible, incredible movie. Um, the other thing about the song, like you hear the first the first note, and it's like, oh man, the whole rest of the song kind of plays yeah. uh, before your very eyes. It almost totally. feels like. Um, but yeah, the the form is yeah. really actually kind of unique. We don't get the chorus. Until the very end of the song. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that because the, the first time it feels like the chorus is about to hit, you just get the instrumental break. The second time it feels like the chorus is going to hit, you get the guitar shredding solo that plays the melody of the chorus. And then we finally get the the Don't Stop Believing chorus. It's actually really kind of cool. That just builds up to that. Do you guys, I'm sure you, maybe you know that, think reflecting on it, but is that blowing your minds right now? <laughs> slightly, slightly, yeah. Yeah, yeah it it's... blew my mind a while back. Oh, so you already knew that. <laughs> and uh, that's, I mean, of course I, I knew that, but I never thought about that. It's one of those mm-hmm. songs that it just kind of, again, like, and that's why like I know I feel like I've heard it too many times because from the first note, one, it has that power of like, I know what the song is immediately. And then two, it's like, like I could listen to the first note and it feels like I've heard the whole song already. The, I've heard it. The so funny many thing times. is like with that riff, the relentless, the relentlessness of the riff. Like the moment it comes in, you're already, it's to your point. It's like, you're already 
hearing the final chorus in your mind yep. as the intro is playing. Yeah. You know, that's sort of the genius of it. Exactly. That's a unique trick and it makes people feel like it's more of a communal sing-along than it is almost because you're hearing the chorus, which, you know, is mostly where everybody's going to get together and sing. But of course, everybody knows the just a small town girl line right off the bat and, and we'll, we'll dive in on that. So... Well, the other thing, too, is like the strangers waiting, which I guess is like would be the pre-chorus. The melody is so similar to mm-hmm. the chorus we get later that I think it does trick your brain into thinking that you've already heard it. And so when the chorus finally does get there, certain lines in that melody are already feel familiar, you know? Don't stop This song absolutely gets lumped in with the uh, cheese. You know, when you're thinking of like, what's a cheesy song? This will be on that list. Um, what do you guys think makes it a cheesy track? Well, <laughs> we grew up largely in the 90s. And so by the time we were really aware of this song, I would say it was already deeply, deeply played. overplayed in yeah. a deeply overplayed genre in a, mm. with a deeply overplayed production sound. So the cheese factor was yep. sort of inherent in in the style, I would mm-hmm. say. And then on top of that, like, you know, the the myriad directions music was headed, especially pop music at that time, is just so different. Like yeah. hip hop was really on the rise as as the predominant pop music form around the time we were all becoming teenagers. So like Mm -hmm. there would, there was nothing less cool than a rock band, (laughs) especially (laughs) an eighties hair metal rock band. You know, I was going to say the hair metal power ballad is stuff for sure. It's like, that's yeah. Well, and grunge coming right after this isn't just not right after, but shortly after it's, it's, it's not just like an evolution. It's like a defiance against this type of band in some ways, you know? Um, But also like, to answer your question, the the cheese, I think some of it comes from the subject matter. Like that hook is, we're we're just not used to hearing optimistic, positive messages that don't feel cheesy in most music. Yep. You know? Personally, for me, the too many times, yeah, I was in a wedding band for a while, and this was the song <laughs> that we closed every single wedding ever that, that we did. Um, That's such a so weird I played choice. this. I think it, I think it works. I guess it just kind of makes everybody feel good at the end of the night. Yeah. I think, and it, you know, being in a wedding band um, <laughs> and learning songs like this, like yeah, like I d- it didn't take a ton of time to learn the song, but like maybe you have to refresh like one thing because you haven't played in forever. But this song I remember so vividly from our set because it 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 was honestly like one of, one of the craziest things and most impressive things that I've ever seen as a musician happened because of this song. The guitar player in our band, who will remain nameless, um, right before we played this song, which was the last song of our set, the the PA came on as like announcing last call at the, at the open bar of the wedding. And uh, the guitarist definitely liked to put a few back and uh, was walking over the bar as this song gets called and then like our, our wedding band leaders like, all right, we're just going to, we're going to close right now. So he starts counting this, tr- this tune in and I like look over and I still hear the guitar playing, but there's no guitarist there. He had a wireless setup. So he was untethered to his amp 
and he's playing Don't Stop Believing just with one hand, just his fret hand, while he's ordering drinks at the bar. And wow. he gets back to the stage just in time with like a handful of drinks, just in time for the guitar solo and shreds it. And we finish the song <laughs> and then he he enjoys his, his beverages and we call it a night. But I was like floored by both how impressive and, and also <laughs> maybe a bit of an issue um, that, uh, that my friend was having at the time. So... As a bass player, this, and, and especially as someone who has taught bass lessons to other people, this is, this is a bass line that I often raise up as, mm. as like the, um, the, what is the word I'm looking for? The platonic ideal of a bass line, <laughs> if yeah. you will. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. got, it's got melodicism. It, it hits all the roots on the right, uh, harmonic rhythms. It's, it's, but it's, it's still interesting um it's it plays around the melody the main vocal melody like it's it's a perfect bass line i don't think i'll ever hear this bass line too many times yeah no it's an incredible line do you think it's a fair first line to learn or is it maybe a little too challenging for very first bass it's got some it's got some pretty big jumps i would call this an intermediate line yeah i think that's fair i think it's ambitious for a first line you could get it if you were just learning but i don't know that i would use it to to teach a brand new uh, bass player, yeah, but um, ACDC or something. No, I think it's you know it's Smoke on the Water, uh-huh. Seven Nation Army, and then yep. Journey. I yep. think that's that, the progression. There you go. Whole lot of love was mine, and I'll never mm. forget it because there's only, I mean, there's like two two notes <laughs> that you play basically, but uh, uh, you know, good line, fantastic line. So, um, some other notes on this song. Too many times, of course, it's everywhere in pop culture. Um, but according to Nielsen Music, it is the most downloaded song from the 20th century. Wow. Um, the most downloaded digital song of all time, I believe, just looking this up, was another one that I could have put because of Wedding Band Days. Uh, I got a feeling from Black Eyed Peas. And also, Whoa. just, I do not like that song <laughs> at all. <laughs> song? I got a feeling. Again, in pop culture, though, the ending of The Sopranos, Don't Stop Believing, plays throughout the entire last scene, and uh, apparently that attributed to a lot of uh, the resurgence of this song. You know what you probably don't have in your research, that because you probably avoided it on purpose? The other nope. reason the song had a resurgence nope, recently about, was... I'm about to share that probably that? right okay, now. Okay, never mind. What, what was it that uh, the show, or Glee, did a huge... Yeah, uh, yeah I thought you would have ignored that completely. No, that's a huge note. It's it's the next <laughs> note here. So um, that the Glee version reached number four in yeah. the U.S. and went gold. This this is my favorite version of this song in, in pop culture. So the uh, Chicago White Sox win the World Series in 2005. This song becomes like their rallying cry through the postseason. And at the parade, 
Steve Perry gets on the mic and leads like all of Chicago in a sing along of this, but he doesn't start with the chorus. He starts with the beginning of the song. <laughs> so he's like, just a small town girl. And then like, come on, everybody. And like, can't nobody's singing. And he just sings the entire song. And it takes, I think at some point he does bail on, he's like, all right, I'll just go to the chorus. But it's, it's not, it doesn't <laughs> land at all. It's so Aww. good. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Come on. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Yeah. City boy. Just a city boy. Born and raised in South Chicago. Born and raised in South Chicago. Yeah. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Tons of covers of this track. The ones that stand out to me are Panic at the Disco, of course. And John Mayer. John Mayer is a, like a live cover of this track. That's that's incredible. Of course, there's plenty others, but those are my favorites. Here is our next selection, and it happens to be Marty's pick. Marty, <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know, what are we listening to? This is the final countdown. <laughs> nice. Which is the only way Nailed you're it. allowed to say the title of the song from now on. So good luck. Um, this is the, I'm not doing it. This is the final <laughs> countdown <laughs> by the band Europe, a, uh, a Swedish band. Yeah. Best known for their hit song, The Final Countdown. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, think of another Europe song, and uh, I don't mean that as a slight to the great band Europe. But They were actually kind of, uh, kind of a huge band in the, the 80s. Yeah. Um, Rock the Night is another, another big one, and yeah, yeah. Love Chaser, if, you know, if that's more your flavor. Um, but this is, this is mine. The final countdown. Um, this song haunts my dreams. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like the aftertaste of a bad cliff bar. <laughs> it will come into my mind at the most random of times, uh, unannounced, uninvited, and just hang around for, uh, sometimes weeks at a time. Just oh this. God. This uh, Roland JX8P mm, uh, horn riff um, <laughs> from the from the early '80s, and it's just such a, a quintessential prototypical '80s sound that um, has mm -hmm. ginormous ginormous cheese factor, mm. um, deep deep sharp cheddar jack <laughs> cheese factor. Um, I 
could absolutely go with never ever hearing the song again. The only problem is um, it's 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 up in there in my brain. It's uh, it's just bouncing around up in there. So I don't really have a choice in the matter. Um, yeah. And that is why I would be very happy to never hear the song again. <laughs> it's, it's your um, musical purgatory that uh, you can't escape. But man, yeah. I think it it's it's ironically, but I, I love this song. I really do. Um, there's so much nostalgia for me tied to it. I remember playing many a, a mini stick hockey game in friends' basements in my own, and this would be on jock like just about every version of Jock Jams. Mm-hmm. And of course, this would come on just fire you up. You're trying to snipe bar down playing against your friend. Uh, it's it's NHL playoffs time, so I'm I'm in hockey mode right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect song for that. Of course, though, now I can't help but think of Job Bluth every time that this (laughs) song comes on. It's so good, man. What like when a song gets co-opted like for this perfect like running bit like that. Yeah. It's uh, probably the best use of this song ever. I'm so glad you picked the final countdown because I haven't heard it in a long time. And here we are. And I feel so good. Uh Yep, 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 yep. Um, it's a you know, it was a super smash mega hit. It was number one in twenty five countries. Mm. Um, wow! They wrote it actually to be sort of like a theatrical set opening song. It wasn't supposed to be a hit. It wasn't supposed to even necessarily oh. get radio play. It was supposed to be the thing that introduces the band that gets everyone hyped, which obviously it does very, very well. It's of an ilk with those songs we talked about earlier, Eye of the Tiger, yeah, um, Jump yeah. by Van oh, Halen, yeah. <laughs> you know, these songs that just have that thick, luscious synth sound and driving drums and powerful guitars and then like some overwhelming male vocal, power vocal, you know, that sound is, th- there's a whole category of songs, any of which would be great for me to pick to never, ever hear again. <laughs> At the same time, I do recognize they have a a sort of inherent power and magic and and charisma about them that is undeniable. <laughs> undeniable. I don't know why I can't remember this right now, but there's a guitar solo in the song, right? Somewhere there is, and it's a, it's beautiful. It's it's also sort of a typical '80s like. It's very um. There's a lot of prowess, a lot of um. Yeah. Virtuosic playing, very very sort of classically informed. Yeah. It's a very. It's not a not an Eddie Van Halen solo at all. It's a. It's very um. More very melodically, perhaps. <laughs> yes, very melodically focused in that way. Exactly. The neoclassical influence, like on guitar shredding in the '80s, mm-hmm. is something we really need to explore more because it's like <laughs> yeah. I love that music. Mm-hmm. I listen. I used to listen to Ingve all the time. I would listen to. J- Do you guys know Jason Becker? One of the, one of the most incredible stories. He he was diagnosed with ALS when he was like a sh- an unbelievable guitar player. He had this group with Marty Friedman. Yes, Marty Friedman I have of heard Megadeth. this story. Yes, yeah. Um, and they had uh, I can't remember the. The name of their duo right now, maybe I think it was Cacophony, um, and Cacophony had like this unbelievable shred guitar music. Mm-hmm. 
Becker gets ALS. And then he learns to compose music using his eyelids with this uh, machine that um, somebody develops for him. Oh. I believe he's still he's lived with ALS for a long time. And uh, a really inspirational story. I highly recommend anybody checking out. Anyways, <laughs> that's, my, that's my tangent. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, guitarmonies are... Uh... Are such a staple of of eighties hair metal and and this whole realm. Uh, Scorpions were on were on the short list mm. as well. Yeah, of a couple of songs that I could definitely never hear again and be <laughs> totally fine. Rock you like a hurricane. Oh, oh, I, I had forgotten about that. The, so there's Still Loving You. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No One Like You. Oh, No One Like You is a great that's song. The, that's the big one. That's yeah. yeah, that's the one I remember. And then <laughs> Wind of Change. Do you guys know the story of Wind of Change? No. no. There's a whole podcast about it. Go check it out. Basically, the CIA had them write a song as propaganda, and it's called Wind Whoa. of Change is my understanding of the story. That is fascinating. <laughs> anyway, Scorpions, yeah. Um, so, you know, 80s hair metal. Maybe I just have some work to do on myself around 80s hair metal. <laughs> There's something about it. Something about it. Yeah. But it's funny looking at the lyrical content of this a little bit. It's very simple. There's not that many lyrics. We're leaving together, but still it's farewell, and maybe we'll come back to Earth. Who can tell? I guess there is no one to blame. We're leaving ground. Will things ever be the same again? It's the final countdown. The final countdown. Oh. <laughs> That's the entire song lyric. No, wait. There's, there's, there's a second verse. No, with Venus. There's about your yeah. then, We're leaving for Venus. Uh, yeah. We're heading for Venus and still we stand tall because maybe yeah. they've seen us and welcome us all. Yeah. With so many light years to go and things to be found. I'm sure we'll all miss her. So um, it's a, it, they say it's a, inspired by David Bowie's space oddity, mm. the sort of imagery of being, being out in space, going on a journey. I think they kind of miss the mark a little bit. Like <laughs> this song feels a bit more aligned with like Elon Musk's version of <laughs> leaving earth behind and yeah. feeling proud about that. Yeah. The um, song plays 24 seven at SpaceX for sure. <laughs> but back to that second verse for a second. Is Venus one of the planets where your height possibly changes because gravity is different? Or is that, like, I know your weight changes. Or you get stretched no, or I, you get compressed. No, I know this. This is a fact. In space, your, your height changes slightly because of gravity. Like, I'm just yeah. curious about, like, how clever is that line, basically? <laughs> We're heading for Venus and still we stand tall. Because if you're shorter on Venus, that's a good line. <laughs> I'm going to go with, especially because of the impetus for writing the song as, like, a smash opener to a set where the whole point is just to hype people yeah. up. No offense, that they just Europe, picked a random band, planet. But I, <laughs> I think it's as as vapid as as you can interpret it. Mm, is the correct? It rhymes with well, Venus. Yeah. Just on a quick search, uh, Mr. Google, help me out here. Uh, what would happen to your body on Venus? You would not survive a visit to the surface of the planet. You couldn't breathe well, the yeah. air. You would be crushed. You would be crushed by the enormous weight of oh, the okay. atmosphere. So you would be so then You are shrinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, Maybe you burn, burn up in service. Sort of the least of your concerns, <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did I get here? Where are all the women, right? Anything else on the on the final countdown, Marty? <laughs> all I all I want to say is like in terms of a song that uh I never want to hear again, like it's 
let's just be honest, it's lying to us. It is never the final countdown. That's true. It will never be the final, final countdown, you know? That's yeah. really deep. Unless you're yeah. about to land on Venus and then you're done. Well, you know, it'll be, it hey. won't be the final <laughs> countdown for everybody. That's just Maybe be... that's that deep lyrical yeah. interpretation yeah. we mm-hmm. need right there. Mm. <laughs> it's early well. in the morning for me. Yeah. Cool. Great pick, Great choice, Marty. Yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into our wait. Bef- last... Before we listen to it, did either of you? Couple questions. Did either of you listen to the track? Yes. And, and did I'm you mad figure at you. Out, you figured out I, why I picked it. <laughs> I didn't oh, get yeah. it. Okay, cool. Oh yeah. Let's see if Carter gets there this time. And by mad at you, I mean this was very clever. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, listen closely, like right now, Carter. No. Did they did they not have cell phones in Canada growing up? <laughs> okay, so listeners, I'm catching a lot of heat here for not knowing why <laughs> Mejia picked this song. So we're gonna get into that real quick. Yes. First, first, Mejia, what is the name of the song? Grand Vals or Grand Vals. Yeah. It was written by the Spanish composer Francisco Torrega. Um, I yep. can't roll my R's. That's Torrega for those of you who want to Google it. Um, yeah. First things first. Yeah, let's get in right, right into it. Right into it. Yeah, again, a lot of, lot of flack coming my way. Yeah. So why should I know what this song is and why you picked it for a uh, song you've heard too many times? Because of that little melody there. Da, 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 that, doesn't, that didn't do anything for you? The da-da-da-da part? <laughs> again, I reiterate, did they not have cell phones yeah. in Canada, Grant? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we did. I didn't get one till I was like <laughs> okay. sixteen, I think. Fair. But they weren't they weren't around you. That sounds you, com- you didn't go that out. That sounds in coming back much. to me. So it's like it There's... was like the most played theme in the world. I think multiple there, years running okay. because it was. Um, I believe it was the first recognizable ringtone ever made famous by Nokia. Ah, uh, okay. Very clever. <laughs> It's often called the Nokia theme. Like a lot of people don't actually know that it is from a larger piece of music. I didn't know that until I was watching like a quiz show once uh, years and years ago. And when this theme came up and I was struggling to find something, this popped into my head and there was no turning back, basically. There you go, Carter. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hear that. Let's hear yeah, that all play together. Doesn't that make you sad? It's such a pretty piece of music yep. <laughs> until that happens to it. It's kind of cool that they pulled that one line out. Yeah. I guess. It's, well, so you know. what seems to have happened is some higher ups were discussing the full song and they chose an excerpt from the song. You would think that that melody was a bigger part of the composition, but it's not. It's just measures 13 through 16. Um, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> Nokia's even registered that little tune as a sound trademark in some countries, which is kind of kind of crazy to me because it's not like they wrote the piece. <laughs> it wasn't even written for them. It was written by um, a Spanish classical guitarist in the year 1902. Are you guys familiar with Torrega's work or his legacy at all? No, actually. He does have a few other songs that are... That, like, if you heard them, you'd recognize them. I don't know if you'd get them by name. Mm-hmm. 
he was known as the um, Sarasate of guitar. Sarasate being, um, I'm really bad with names, but he was known for being a Spanish violin virtuoso. So this is the guitar equivalent of that, basically. His legacy is largely that he brought classical guitar back into prominence during a time when it was kind of regarded as not... Um, uh, it wasn't regarded as favorably as like piano. Mm. And he did guitar transcriptions of um, famous like piano works and not just piano, but other other classical instrumentation as well and popularized the guitar again. So that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> so what you're saying is Francisco Tarrega. Yes. Is responsible for the final. I'd countdown. say that he is responsible yeah. for the final countdown. Absolutely. <laughs> not for I, him. I'm, I don't know. I'm confident in drawing that conclusion at this point. <laughs> yeah. I guess it depends yeah. on how highbrow you feel Europe is. <laughs> but it was still an every man's instrument. I think it was really like like classical musicians for a phase did not appreciate the guitar and he helped change that again. That's cool. But like so much so that his dad made him study piano as well growing up. Whoa. Oh, relatable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to start on piano too. <laughs> Tough. We're the same. Um, <laughs> Me and Francesco. Basically the same guy. Uh, yeah. He's also partially responsible for like the sound of this style of playing because um, actually around this time he started cutting his fingernails shorter, <laughs> which doesn't oh. sound like a big deal, but to guitarists that is a huge little, deal, right? A little warmer, a little uh-huh. flushier tone. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and, and yeah, so... Uh, what else can I tell you about him real quick? Oh, four years after this, I said that like it was like I'm remembering something good. I'm not. It's really sad. But he became partially paralyzed in 1906 and never recovered full use of his hand. So he couldn't play his instrument oh, in the same way. Um, but he did leave us with a whole bunch of beautiful compositions and like even more of those amazing guitar transcription. I guess you could call them arrangements, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly I just wanted to bring this in and be like, hey, <laughs> I picked the ringtone song. Well done. Um, Nokia for a while there did a lot of like musical stuff. I'm kind of sad I didn't know this, but Ryuchi Sakamoto did a bunch of ringtones for them at one point, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. A, a version of this that I thought would be really cool. But um, Carter, I sent you these clips. They're not even worth listening to together because his is just a piano playing that theme. and then brian eno did a slightly slower guitar version when he did a bunch of ringtone music for nokia shortly after cool so yeah that's pretty much what i got for you on this song do you guys remember like did was this ever your ringtone i guess no no uh, I don't remember what my ringtone was. I know Mahay, yours is like System of a Down toxicity, well, I think, for a long time. But uh, I didn't have a Nokia. <laughs> Why you got an outer like that? My first phone was, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's a great pick. I'm, I'm fine with it. It was a, not my ringtone. first ringtone, but yeah. Um, no, I I do remember this now. Now that mm-hmm. we're talking about it, but that's so long ago. Yeah, and I didn't get a cell phone until 
till, <laughs> till later, I guess. It's not that late. Six, 16 back in like the early 2000s. That's that's fine time. I don't. I think kids having cell phones when you're like eight, nine years old is terrifying to me. Like yeah, that's weird. Eight, I don't nine. like that. Y'all, like y'all it. clearly don't have kids. <laughs> no. But, but yeah, it's true. But it's like like two and three these days. It's getting wild. It's tough. <laughs> That's tough. But yes, I did have a, a Nokia brick phone. Yeah, those as are the I best. Affectionately knew it. And yeah, I believe I believe if I remember correctly, this was the uh the, the stock stock ring. Hmm. <laughs> the stock yeah. ring. <laughs> yeah, this is what it comes with, ready to go. It's like it's That's been awesome. spoofed. I think it's been sampled. So like I don't know. It's 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 part of the zeitgeist of our generation, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So it is worth talking about. Yeah, there's even a there's a dubstep version. Um, <laughs> Nokia for a while really made this theme a big part of their marketing plan. They even did they called it a tune remake contest. But I guess I guess it's, I guess remake makes more sense than remix. But yeah, they've done a lot with this song. I I still don't know why Grand Vals is the song that they picked. Ah, uh, the power of public domain is my guess. You think so? But like specifically, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was, the, it was the freebie option. Yeah. But like a VP brought this to another higher up. This song—that's weird yeah. to me. I guess it's a little, it's a little obscure. But it, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know that it was in the classical guitar. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you wrestle with that for for, for quite a while now I'd, i don't know how to help you there with that um guys uh fantastic picks and this was uh a lot of fun this one you know lighter kind of fun episode here love doing it um anything musically going on for either of you guys right now i know like, look big news for me when people listen to this we're going to be all together working on our next course uh down in los angeles it'll be fun um won't share exactly who the special artist is, but uh, it's very exciting course coming up. But uh, yeah, we got big bold guys. moves happening. We got yeah. the great Calm Truth course out, yeah. and yeah. lots of good stuff happening around that. Yeah, you know we're hard at work on several other courses with yep. with people. I'm very excited about mm-hmm. um, next one's huge for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't want to put down a hard release date on it, but it won't be too long actually before our, our next uh, artist series course is out over in Soundfly World. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, hey. Enjoy the rest of your days, and uh, I'll see you both in person very, very soon. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. And that's going to do it for this episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to all the songs discussed on this episode, plus a few more songs that you've heard too many times, feel free to check out the Spotify playlist in our show notes. And remember to head to soundfly.com where you can learn literally anything you want to know about music from artists like Kimbra, RJD2, Kiefer, Jalen, Calm Trues, and many more to come. If you're enjoying Themes and Variation, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme. <laughs>